there. Welcome to this episode of Tennessee Farm to Family. Let our team of extension agents bring the farm to your family. We'll explore all things agriculture and talk about how it gets to your table, fridge, or pantry. Meet farmers, stomp out misinformation, and grab a sneak peek into agri-search and outreach efforts. Well, hello. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Tennessee Farm to Family. Today, we're going to uh, continue some of our discussion around food labeling and food products and just helping you all connect uh, to what you're purchasing and what you spend your family's food dollars for. Um, the focus of this uh, to topic today, uh, we're going to talk about some of those things that you might see on um, maybe at farmers markets or on um, labels for plant products, um, grains, etc. And one of the first ones, I think, and we talk about these being trigger words for us, but uh, they're only trigger words because there's so much misinformation around them. But I think uh, one we want to talk about today is uh, uh, gluten-free. Uh, that seems to be a buzzword. Um, I've known or studied about that with people having celiac disease, but now also there are various intolerances to gluten and um, marketers wanting more of your food dollar will add that title to uh, certain things. And I think it's important to understand what gluten is and maybe where it naturally occurs and where it doesn't naturally occur because I've seen gluten-free on any, you know, all kinds of things. Um, can y'all think about Something you've seen gluten-free. Well, yeah, I just see gluten-free on water, but yeah, and, you know, gluten's obviously, water. it's obviously, it's only going to occur in, in cereal grains or wheat, rye, and naturally, it's a protein that naturally occurs in that, so yeah. uh, wheat, rye, barley, like a crossbreed of any of those, so anything that doesn't have any of those in it, it's impossible to have gluten in it, yeah. so, right. you know, that's something to keep in mind if you're looking at something that obviously has none of those products, it's obviously going to be gluten-free. Tracy, is your coffee gluten-free coffee this morning? Um, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Um, but my creamer also didn't say gluten-free on it or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, those so those grain products, pasta, breads, things that are um, use cereal grains to make them will often have, you know, gluten in them. That gives that um food product protein. Gluten is naturally occurring in there. It can be used as a food additive also. So there are times when uh, the, you might add gluten, but it's usually to uh, breads, pastas, things like that. So just, you know, buyer beware kind of thing. I know I was on an airplane uh, and got maybe a bag of chips that had gluten-free and I thought, well, there's potatoes and salt in here. You know, <laughs> yeah. potatoes and salt are always uh, gluten-free. So that was just one that comes to mind. What are some others? Well, Talk I guess, about organic. Yeah, well, there's the organic and then the certified organic. Right, right. right. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of times you were shopping at farmer's market and they might have a sign saying organic. Well, they're not necessarily certified. Certified organic is run by the government from the standpoint that you have to have three years that you haven't used any synthetic fertilizer, haven't made any herbicides used on the land before you could even become certified to grow on that land and market your product is uh, certified organic. So, but there's a USDA label that says certified organic. That is grown organically, but just because you're the farmer's market and someone says organic on their table doesn't mean that it's certified organic. Uh, it's a very expensive process to get to be certified to sell the organic. You have to have uh, inspectors that come. You have to keep records certifying that you have not used any synthetic fertilizer or any uh, chemicals or herbicides on your um, in production part of it. 
so it's a very expensive. A lot of people that would like to be organic don't do it because it is so expensive and it's not profitable enough. And that's one reason your organic uh, produce is more expensive in the grocery store or at farmer's market um, because the production level is not there. Uh, we've learned through science and scientific uh, experiments and research that we can produce more vegetables by using uh, fungicides that keeps down disease or um, better weed control uh, in that production cycle. Uh, so just because it says it's organic doesn't mean it has never had any type of pesticide on it because there are pesticides that are certified that you can use on uh, in organic production, uh, whether it be fruit or whether it's in vegetable uh, production itself uh, on it. So uh, a lot of people think, well, if it's organic, it's never had any pesticides on it. But uh, there are some natural uh, pesticides that have come from uh, perithians that come from chrysanthemum, and we have Bt, which is a natural clearing uh, bacillus that uh, does is used on organic production side of it. But uh, the government regulatory EPA has done research and regulates all of our pesticides, our chemicals that are used on our vegetables, and those things are safe. Uh, the government uh, keeps a very strong regulation on that. And when new chemicals come out, they have to be tested for years and years before they're even allowed to put on the label that you can use this on vegetable crops on it. And it's such such a minute speck that could even be on a vegetable if someone had used pesticides or insecticides on vegetables. It's not a, a danger to the consumer. And that's the thing. I think a lot of times people think pesticides, they automatically think you're putting gallons and gallons of these pesticides on there. You think about something like Roundup. That's kind of a trigger word. People kind of get worked up about that. Roundup, you might use, what, quart on an acre? So, you know, that's the size of a football field. So, obviously, you're not just dousing this 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 crop, whether it be, you know, row crop or vegetable crop, whatever, with a pesticide. So, people kind of get worried about pesticides, like you said. Some of them are synthetic, some of them are organic. So, but they also, I think, sometimes get a little you know, misconstrued about how much you actually use them on there. Well, all your pesticides have like a um, entrance time from time it's sprayed to time it can be harvested. Mm -hmm. uh, all those guidelines so they know that that chemical is not on the vegetables when it's at harvest time or it's not endangering anyone who would be out there harvesting something because it's a period of re-entry that is in the fields uh, on that um, part of it. And, you know, we're washing the vegetables that go through processing. Uh, it's not like we're selling you something just came, been sprayed and goes to the grocery store and put on the right, shelf. Right. Uh, and the organic, you don't get the production because they're not going to be perfectly shaped. They're going to be uh, rough spots. They're going to cat face on tomatoes and uh, that type. And the consumers got used to seeing perfect tomatoes in the grocery store and your organic are not going to be perfectly uh, shaped and everything. Yeah, I can I can speak to that sort of as a producer. We used to do uh, sweet corn farmer's market growing up. That was sort of our allowance money. But one year we would do Roundup Ready sweet corn, and the next year we would do organic sweet corn. And the consumer around this time, I think organic was starting to become more of a, a new buzzword. But naturally, you know, when you'd sell uh, peaches and cream variety, for example, organic, and then they would find the worms in the uh, the corn, they would be very upset with yeah. the product. And then I would have to explain to them that this is an organic product. We do not use any insecticides on it. Um, but just coming from that standpoint, it, it, we've I guess organic is, is finally 
people people are fine with the worms now. If that, that's what <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, added protein. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so you know, we we've talked about organic and that there is a whole lot more that goes into that. It's more expensive. It's more time consuming and not quite as productive. Um, Personally, I'm just speaking as somebody that's ignorant. I've scarcely eaten vegetables since I was about 10. <laughs> is is there, is is there, and I say that tongue in cheek, but is there a any kind of a health benefit or anything like that that's been shown through through research as to organic over conventional? There's really not. We don't see that there's any more nutritious to uh, on a tomato that's grown conventional versus one that's grown organically. Got it. Uh, on so it's more in the consumer's mind. Yeah. I think it was just within the last couple of years, there was a huge study. I think it was the NIH. I stand to be corrected, but the Institute of Health released that there was no difference in conventionally grown as far as nutrition. So there's there's no health benefit to eating organically. Now, if you want to, you know, if that's your passion and we've made this reference before people have their, you know, purchase things for own personal beliefs. That's fine. Uh, We support all agriculture. We want everybody. There's plenty you know, room at the table for everybody. But I know when I see that USDA certified, the little black and white circle, I have respect for those producers that have gone through that whole process and all the regulation and all the red tape to get that seal. If I had done all that, I would want to put it on my produce, too. But, um, yeah, that's one thing, you know. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there. So just do your research, do your homework. Uh, if you want to trust, you know, if you're buying it in a supermarket and it's USC organic, you can have some confidence that it was grown that right. way. Um, if it's written on a dry race board at a farmer's market, then maybe not. Maybe, but right. they haven't gone through the the process to, to get certified organic. Right. Um, what What's another one? So GMOs, um, that's that's a trigger word for me. You guys go ahead. I'll, I'll sit back and, and listen. <laughs> no. So, I mean, and that's been around. It seems like I've been talking about this for, you know, over a decade. But, you know, GMO is genetically modified organism. And just that we probably shot ourselves in the foot calling it that right out of the gate because it does sound like there's some sort of you know, Frankenstein science going behind it. But I will say, I guess the first GMO crops I knew about um, was in the mid 90s when we had Roundup Ready cotton and uh, soybeans and then also introduced the BT gene. But what that allowed us to do was use less pesticides, use less um, herbicide on an acre. So it really changed how we farmed in production agriculture. And as time goes, you know, has evolved, we've really seen that science evolve too. And so now we're seeing GMO uh, in our corn, beans, and a lot of other row crops as well. But I think it's also important to know that there's only a handful of crops that are genetically modified. So also kind of consumer beware that you know, I know I get into this conversation with friends on Facebook. They'll post a, an article that says, you know, all your cereal is, you know, contains GMO. And I'm like, well, that's funny because wheat you know, is the main ingredient and wheat's not a GMO uh, crop. So um, just just do your homework. Um, I know I sent a meme, I think, to Terrell. It's like, if GMOs are your biggest concern, then you've not had to deal with like malnutrition and, you know, a starvation no. as, as, as a country. So um, it, it is a way to feed the world and just know that a lot of science and safety regulations are behind it. It's not, you know, anything to really be being comfortable with. 
I know the farmer's market, they really only have two vegetables, and that's squash variety and uh, sweet corn that are GMO in the vegetable line mm-hmm. of our produce. And I, I know one of my producers at the farmer's market says, I always have people ask, well, it's just GMO okra or, you know, uh, things that's not even available as a GMO genetics yeah. and the consumer's thinks that everything is a GMO vegetable. Right. They want to believe that we're monkeying with the genetics and all this and all of our crops to, you know, get, get those products there. But it's, it's not really that way. And there are, I mean, companies invest millions of dollars and spend decades of research. And we tested at the university level also uh, before it is adopted um, by, uh, or getting the clearance to be grown commercially uh, in our country. So, yeah, I think that's one you really don't have to be have to be too concerned about. Yeah, yeah. As y'all mentioned, there's, there's just a handful. There's ten products that um, are, are GMOs, and most of those are actually used in like animal feeds and whatever. So they're not really not going directly to um, human consumption. Um, and and there's a lot of um, rumors with like Europe just won't allow them or whatever. Honestly, there are two countries in Europe that won't allow GMO products and and the rest of them just don't allow GMO products for human consumption. So it still goes to animal feeds and, and things like that where, where most of them are. Um, according to USDA uh, in 2020, 94% of the soybeans grown in this country were GMO 96% of the cotton and 92% of the corn. Well, again, all of those are not going directly. I mean, obviously, nobody's eating cotton, but, um, but soy, soybean and corn are a major staple in our, in our foods, rations for our, our meat production, um, which has also been shown that, I mean, it, it's a genetically modified organism. It's not anything that's been sprayed on or whatever. So, said animal digests that. That's not a concern, um, you know. And, and we've kind of seen that with our even our bordering countries. You know, we had a little bit of a scare last year with Mexico, um, where it wasn't allowed to be wild corn. Is that right? It wasn't allowed for human consumption to be GMO, but could be for animals. Um, but you know, it, it is. You know, we've mentioned there's there's lots of safety out there, and 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 we've had scares in the past. You know, I remember early two thousands, we had a few scares with especially specialty crops, and that's where a lot of our regulations came from. Um, but it can be very very safe. Um, I've noticed a label lately from some of my friends being shared on social media that also gets them scared, and that's the fact that they have to put that that food product was. Uh, created with a bioengineered product. And so I think with meat coming out of labs and whatever, they feel like whatever product, you know, they're trying to sneak something in on us or whatever. Well, chances are it's probably got some corn or some soy in it. And, yeah. and that's where it came from, you know, yeah. especially soy oils or, or whatever. Um, but, you know, again, a horrible name, a bioengineered product. <laughs> but, you know, I can, scary, man. I can get where you got it from. Uh, but at the same time, it, it's not quite as scary as, you know, sometimes we, we won't make it. I think another one is sugar beets. Um, I didn't mention that, but 99% of sugar beets are GMO and about 50% of the sugar that's on our table comes from sugar beets. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those products that we're going to have. And um, we eat lots of sugar in this country, mm-hmm. and there's no way that sugar cane could provide enough for that. 
I think it's interesting, and I talk about this when we do, you know, farm city days or ag days with youth is to, especially in rural West Tennessee, we pass by fields and fields of corn and soybeans and cotton. Yet when you go to the grocery store, you don't see those things. And you mentioned that, you know, that's that's used as a byproduct. So a lot of byproducts for corn and soy both are in almost every food label. If you stop at the grocery store and pick up one random, you're going to see some sort of uh, food additive that's made from corn or soybeans. And so by regulation, they have to put that this contains a bioengineered product. Um, and it really, it would be better if this contains corn or this contains soybeans. Uh, it would sound sound a little better. But yeah, I would just, you know, challenge our consumers to, you know, read your food labels. And there are some words that can get this long, but I mean, we've all had to take organic chemistry. There's those that just talks a little bit about how those um, products are made or those extenders or whatever they're adding. And it's just to improve shelf life, the things that consumers have demanded. You know, we want things to stay on the shelf. We want a perfectly shaped tomato or an avocado. I wish we could find an avocado that wouldn't get gross in the refrigerator. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, so consumer, you know, has a lot of power and, and demands, you know, that that kind of thing. I think there was one more we mentioned, which was natural or all natural. Um, you might see that. And what what does that mean? Yeah, so I, I might toss this one back to Lisa. <laughs> I think we had talked about that before with natural and all natural. How is that labeled? And uh, what is the, I guess, the legitimacy behind that? It's more of a marketing ploy than it is legitimacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets in the consumer's mind that, that if it's all natural, then it's got to be good. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing bad's been put on it. It's all natural. So it's more of a marketing skill that the, our uh, companies and things are using to sell more products to the consumer right. from that standpoint. So it's not necessarily something where we've got a set definition of what that no, is no. to set standards for that product. No, it's and not. And no one's right. overseeing it or governing right. it. If you want to put all natural, you can put all natural and let right. that mean to you whatever it means to you. Right. So that's kind of the free for all that just might add a little value. They might add a nickel or a dime to what it costs and uh, try to get the consumer to think it's more wholesome or for whatever reason, you know, it's better than the thing on the shelf beside it. And I really think a lot of this goes, doesn't go back to the farmer that produced it. A lot of it goes through the processing that is going through. So the, the further processed it is, the more, and scientifically, the more physical change that's going to happen. The more it's ground or moved around or whatever, it, it's going to change. And so, you know, like our family consumer science agents would probably tell you this. If you're worried about further processed foods, shop the outside walls of the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're going to find those because your further processed foods are going to be in those middle aisles that are there. Longer that, shelf life. Yes, the longer shelf yeah. life. Yeah. And that's that's where all these things come into play is it, it's not the food that our farmers produced. It's the other things that had to do that. And, it, it, you know, that's, again, a consumer choice of, I think we're stuck in a society that's confused or, or has to balance between uh, we're all busy and we need something quick versus we want to feed our kids the best thing that we can. And how do you balance that? I'm not exactly sure, but if you want shelf life and you want products that are easy to, to cook in a busy life, 
then there's just some processes that have to happen. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I know I tried. I was kind of intrigued by this service, something new. It was kind of a subscription service that you could go online and purchase organic um, seconds. So it seemed to be, um, you know, not the USDA or grade number one apples or whatever. And I didn't really care that it was organic, but just by chance it was organic. <laughs> so I picked a box and packed a box. And when it got there, it was the biggest mess. Like fruit flies or gnats were like coming out of the box when I opened it. <laughs> the raspberries they had packed had like squished, you know, all. And so I pretty much just had to discard it. And I thought, well, that was a really expensive use of my food dollar because none of it was salvageable. Um, but I like going to the grocery store and, you know, having things I can bring home and stay in my fridge for a week or two, whatever they need to do to it. Um, and I know it can be healthy uh, for my family. So that's that's kind of my my take. And, and when you come from probably our angle, people who work with farmers to create budgets, we understand the value of a genetically modified organism that requires less inputs. Yes. And for me, I would rather take that than having to know that other things were, were put on there. And that's a trade that I'm willing to make. Right, right. And I think as consumers, you know, we have that power. We're consumers. We just happen to know uh, some things about agriculture as well. But uh, most of the things you see on the shelf are adapted to consumer demand. So they kind of create yeah. what we do in agriculture. Uh, sustainability, that it will probably be a future episode, but um, sustainability is one of those things that is important to consumers now. Well, I know in agriculture, we're still trying to define what that means to them, to us. You mentioned profitability in, a, in another episode, but you know there has to be profitable for our farms to stay in business. So um, we're we're just going at this, trying to uh, you know educate the consumers and let them know that you don't have to be scared of where where your food comes from. Absolutely. Our food uh, production and is the most regulated in any country in the United States. Yeah. Uh, our producers can't use things that uh, if something's imported in from Mexico or another country, they've sprayed stuff that we were not not allowed to even use in this country. Right. So, yeah. uh, we sort of set the precedent. I got the opportunity to travel to Australia. This has been a long time ago now uh, when I was in college and studied the beef industry. But they, the farmers there that I stayed with said, you know, we're about two years behind of whatever the U.S. is doing. So issues that affect you all socially, you know, whatever, they're going to affect us in about two years. So they kind of watch to see what U.S. agriculture and U.S. food and fiber systems are doing and try to anticipate that um, happening to them. But, yeah, good good discussion. Anything else, guys? We have the safest food in the, in the world. That's in right. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, not to say there's not things that slip through. We'll see sure. a food recall. We'll see, sure. you know, an E. coli. <laughs> hate to bring that up. Yeah, Ultra Jack spinach or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, y'all just you know, cook cook your food and wash sure. your vegetables and you should be fine. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So with that, we'll wrap up. Uh, thanks and uh, tune in again. <laughs>